dedicated to each and every one of you who appreciate a great glass of wine. You know what I mean? It's Monday. Let's raise a glass for the beginning of another week. It's time to unscrew, uncork, or saber a bottle. And let's begin exploring the wine glass. Today, I am sitting down with five wine lover friends, and we are discussing trends in the wine industry post-pandemic. I know it's a little bit of a stretch to say we are post the pandemic, but we are, I think, over the hurdle and looking at the brighter side. I have to apologize. For some unknown reason, parts of it do have a echo, and as much as I tried to fix it, it just wasn't happening. So I apologize for the poor audio, but the conversation was incredible. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Slancha. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Budd, a UC Davis winemaking program, someday service, champagne specialist, and WSET level two graduate. You can find Exploring the Wine Glass on all the socials, as well as your favorite podcast catchers. If you haven't subscribed yet, now is the perfect time to swipe, subscribe, rate, and review. I promise I'll never tell you what to drink, but I'll always share what's in my glass. Give me the red, red wine. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of Wine Writers Wrap Up. It's been a while since we've gotten together, and I needed to see some familiar faces and enjoy some smiles with <laughs> about wine trends post-pandemic. And I know it's a bit early since we are still in the pandemic, getting past the major stuff. So I have uh, five friends with me today. I'm going to let them introduce themselves first. So Susanna, you're up first. Hi, I'm Susanna Gold. It's really nice to see old friends and new friends. And I have a marketing education uh, company called Vignetto Communications. Awesome. And my buddy, Nick. Hey, everybody. I'm Nick Berube, also known as Wine Calm Guy. I work in the wine industry doing marketing, and I'm also a diploma student with the WSET. And Michael? Uh, I'm Michael Kelly. Um, I write uh, for California Wines and Wineries. I'm a blogger and putting on the third uh, Cab Franc celebration that goes international this uh, April. Awesome. Very exciting. Amber. So, hi, I'm Amber, uh, Amber Burke, and I write Wine Travel Eats, and I do a little bit of marketing and a little bit of PR and a little bit of a whole bunch of stuff, um, and I'm just happy to be here and joining in the conversation this evening. Hey, and Anatoly. Hey, hello. I'm Anatoly Levine. Um, I write Tocadino wine blog and uh, I like all the things wine so and I'm always happy to talk about it. So. <laughs> I write a blog and whatever I like drinking. <laughs> That's right. And I am your host Lori. My husband and I own Dracina Wines in Paso Robles. We are getting ready to harvest our 2021 Cabernet Franc, so it is a very, very busy time right now on top of getting ready to release our club. So um, I'm just happy to, It's I'm in front of a computer, but it's for a different reason now, so it is, it is great to be here. So we are going to talk about um, 
wine trends post-pandemic with hopes that we are actually post-pandemic in the near future. And this is um, from an article in Bloomberg News by a writer, um, Ellen McCoy. So this is their article. I honestly don't know if that is a male or a female, because I don't know what Ellen is. Um, or Elin, I don't know. Elin. Elin. Do you know that person? I know Elin. Yes, I know Elin very well. She's a long-established wine writer. Okay, so she. All right. <laughs> uh, we will go with that. Uh, so this is an article that she wrote, and this is predictions that she has uh, said are going to be popular. So um, I just thought it was kind of interesting. So the first one is pink Prosecco is the new thing. And this is what um, she has to say. I'm, I'm betting that the big pink drink will be Prosecco Rosé. And that it is now an approved category launched in Italy, which Susanna, I'm guessing you can have something to say about. Um, sure. And she says it is going to be the next big thing. So I'm going to start so off with you, Susanna. Great. So um, I'm an Italian wine specialist, which is why Lori is asking me this question. And I did used to work with the Prosecco Consortium. So um, Prosecco Rosé was launched uh, earlier this year. It's a new uh, category that they can have, but um, Pinot Noir has been grown for many, many, many years in the Prosecco area. So it's not that they newly planted um, Prosecco. Uh, Pinot Noir. I agree with Elin that it's going to be a big category. I hope you guys have all tried the Prosecco Rosé because it kind of works with both of, you know, two really big trends, right? Sparkling wine and Rosé. And they're delicious. I, I actually really enjoy the, the Prosecco Rosés that I've had. It's actually called Prosecco DOC Rosé. So that makes a real difference to producers where you put the word Rosé. So just to be clear that it's Prosecco DOC rosé after the DOC. Um, so, have Susanna, you guys tried they, them? Mm -hmm. I have not, but are they mixing the still Pinot Noir in with the the Glera? Like once uh, it's, yes, it's stuck, they're yes, making. Yes, okay. I believe they are. I believe that it's. I believe, but I'm not a hundred percent on this. I think it's eighty-five percent has to be Pinot Noir, and it can be fifteen percent Glera, but it might be ninety percent. It might be ninety-five. I think it's eighty-five, huh. but don't quote me on that even though this is a podcast, so I'm being quoted. But um, I think you're right, though, Suzanne. I think, that's I think it's 85. Right. Yeah, I think it's 85. And it's it's kind of has been something that's been going on for many, many years, but it was finally official uh, this past year, and they've really done well with it. I mean, Prosecco has grown immensely, as we all know. I think they're up to 600 million bottles a year. I mean, just some crazy wow. amount. I worked with them in 2013, and it was 350 million bottles a year. I mean, that's a yeah. huge increase. I so. think what you said, like it or love it, Prosecco is here to stay, Rosé is here to stay. They're not fads. They are long-term trends. And, hey, if, it, if that's what people like, that's what people like. Obviously, Michael does not. <laughs> but Michael does and, like sparkling wine, right? Do you so, like sparkling no, wine? No, I, I like Prosecco. I'm a big fan of Prosecco. We had an Italian night here in the, in the compound that I live in, and we I served Prosecco. I like Prosecco. Uh, I am just not a rosé person. And so 
uh, to me, it's just a waste of good wine being uh, sparkling wine, putting making it a rosé. So, uh, oh, Michael, wait, wait, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask a question here. <laughs> so, so why, why are you saying it's a waste of good grapes? So, are you, are you going with the people who do direct press or Sonier, or it doesn't matter? You just are anti-rosé. I'm, I, I, I'm just a real bigot on rosé. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's just, you know, as you well know, you know, we all get wine sent to us and we taste various wines. And uh, just recently, like last week, uh, a very well-known winemaker in Napa sent me some rosé and we literally all poured it down the drain. And this was a from a f relatively famous winemaker. It just rosé just doesn't light anybody's fire in California, who are real wine drinkers. Now I'm not I'm, Amber. Maybe you have a different perspective on that, but but the the people that like a heavy body uh, uh, cabernet or uh, or tinto uh, de tinto Tinto, uh, uh, was it uh, like a Graciano or something like that? Something that's a heavy red wine in California. Most people just rosés for the the millennials and the next gen coming up, you know, and, and to indoctrinate them into getting to to hopefully get to some good wine. That's how I look at rosés. <laughs> then we're fighting for no, so I, I, I said I'm a bigot. I'm a bigot. Those are fighting words. Yeah. Everyone is entitled and to their opinion. We all opinion. have our own palates. We do. Okay. I mean, we, we cross over, you know, and what we're taught in, in wine school is, you know, how, how to pick a good wine. But it still doesn't speak to your own palate. And, and, and that's perfectly good. People, I mean, some people don't like white wine or some people don't like red wine. You know, everybody has their thing. And, and the thing is, is that when I talk about uh, getting... I, uh, the rosés going. I, I mean, I even go into the risotto. I, I like the deeper, richer wines. And I was going to double down on this whole conversation here and say my prediction goes one step further. My prediction is red sparkling is going to be the next big thing. It started two years ago, really starting. It's getting gaining, especially around the holiday time for your turkey, for your whatever. I'm seeing more and more producers making it. I'm seeing more and more people purchasing it. Mama here in Napa makes a beautiful, beautiful red sparkling. Um, it's not something I would normally reach for personally, but I really love it with my Thanksgiving turkey. I'm just going to say, I think that that's going to be a new thing that's going to be the darker rosés, the red sparkling, that's going to be trending. I agree with I, that. I hope you're wrong. I really do. <laughs> I, I, there is nothing more horrible than sparkling red. I'm sorry. That's, that's just horrible. I am Rosé. I am absolutely all the way. And uh, Michael, I would uh, for for when people say I don't like this and I don't like that, uh, my answer is always the same: the blind tasting. 
So I would challenge you, whatever Provence, uh, wh whatever your style is, I will challenge you with California wines. Uh, this year I had uh, uh, Castello Amorosa Rosé, Pinot Noir Rosé, which is phenomenal. Beautiful. Absolutely phenomenal wine. Just blows you out of the water. I guarantee in a blind tasting, you will not be able, not that specific, but you, you I, I'll challenge you. I easy in a blind tasting i guarantee you a lot of surprises i've done a lot of blind tasting dinners and uh, i I've, I've had people just uh, saying are you seriously telling me i hate the wine which i brought that is impossible and uh, that's what happens in a blind tasting so i this is this is my answer to all of the i don't drink this and i don't drink that but uh, but uh, the sparkling red, that's way too sparkling heavy. Cake. This, nah, that's... Don't knock it till you try it. I, 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 I had sparkling Shiraz, and uh, it can be balanced. No. No, that's just say no. no. But, right. but, but Anatoly, you're doing exactly the same thing Michael is, right? You're saying no. Uh, you, no, 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 no. You, there is no, wait. Michael says there are rosé, which I love, and uh, I'm very particular about my rosé and everything. And for that, I'm saying let's do blind tasting. The sparkling red? Sparkling red. Seriously? Have you, have you, have you had some of the quality sparkling red or the Lambruscos? I had Lambruscos. Um, okay, Lambruscos. Okay. Lambruscos can be okay. Yeah, Lambruscos can be okay. So, so yeah. here we go, right here. Until you're right, then, yes. Lambrusco can be okay. Along, okay. I want to say that mom every year makes one red sparkling. I had it five years ago. Every year I beg for a bottle. They give me it. They, they, they manage to find me one uh, every year. And I do love it at Thanksgiving and Christmas. I, I open that. That's my, that's my little fun thing that I like to do. But if we're coming back to rosé in general, I want to just point out that this year Cliff family is making a uh, rosé of Cab Franc. And I would highly recommend that and say anybody who wants a lovely, lovely, cat, uh, uh, lovely, lovely rosé with some body to it, I would highly recommend that beauty. It's, it's just absolutely gorgeous. They're going to be Sonnier's, they're not going to do a direct press, right? I'm sorry? Is it going to be a direct press or is it a Sonnier? It is a direct press. Oof, wow! Yeah. And, that's big bucks right there. And you know what? They they are they are committed to quality, and and I'll tell you what, I was blown away. Normally, I'm all about their rosé of Grenache, and this year because they couldn't get Grenache, they made this uh, rosé of Cab Franc, and it is absolutely phenomenal. And I will put my reputation on that wow. that bottle. That's big bucks right there. Like to do a, ro a direct press of Cab Franc is is big bucks. That's I mean, in all honesty, that's the one reason why we are not doing a rosé of Cab Franc <laughs> because we just can't afford to harvest the fruit at the quality we want and then make a a rosé out of it. You know? But to make rosé, do you need the full ripeness? I don't need the ripeness. I need the, the wallet. 
Yeah. No, 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 the no, pa- no. The pass, the pass for do, you, do you do the like the, the first pass? Do you do like a green harvest or something? Can you? Well, you're gonna harvest well, it a little bit earlier than you would if I if I was harvesting. So just remove some of the fruit, no? It's still cost per tonnage to direct press and throw the rest of that back. I, I get it, but uh, a lot of uh, some of the California rosé are forty plus. I think in forty plus you probably can do it. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I in all honesty, uh, hi, Dracina Wines, forty dollar rosé. When my award winning Cab Franc is forty five, isn't gonna fly. Okay, so I'm gonna go on a limb here, and my next thing yeah, on this like, same, yeah. the same subject. Um, and I'm going to just like move this on the other direction. We are the next trend that we're going to see is red wines vinified to white. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. telling you that that's going to be the next trend. It's Here in Spoon Valley. It, we're making it's, a beautiful white Pinot, and I'm seeing more and more people making white Cab Franc, white Merlot, white red traditionally yeah. red grapes in a white wine so i'm just letting you know that that's going to be another trend right so amber you're about to get a michael and aneurysm i know i am <laughs> so no, but, i think that's a less lasting but, trend though i mean but, yeah uh, guys yeah i, 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 I would uh, so uh, amber i i would <laughs> Come on, that white I would sup- wait, wait, wait. Hold on, uh, hold on. Uh, and uh, so, yes, I would take that. However, this is part of a bigger trend because the bigger trend is uh, move to direct sales and move to um, uh, move to uh, wine clubs, which become really very serious vehicles. So when you have that and you want to diversify your portfolio, yeah, you're going to throw in 100 cases of white Pinot. Why not? But if you need to get it into the stores, you will be very hard-pressed to do this because mass consumer, you're going to spend tons on education trying to get that into actual mass market but if you are direct to consumer and uh, as, as a lot of wineries are today yeah you can do this well i can i i can tell you right now that the the red wines the traditional red wines that are being vinified to white are flying off the shelves here in napa um and in oregon and you know, from what I'm hearing, people are getting excited and moving forward with with unusual stuff. And I like I, I like it. I like the trend. They're they're being interesting. So so Amber, let me ask you a question: Is it are these wineries that are doing this? Are they doing it because they're looking for shelf space and uniqueness and trying to carve out a new piece of the market, or are they simply? You know, for the love of of a white wine that's really a red grape, are they trying? I mean, so my question is: Is that the trend? People are just so. I'm trying to take a step back. Is it really going after taking a red grape and making it a white wine, or is it, or is it really bigger than that? Bigger than that, and trying to get 
the consumer's attention for something unique and carve out a market? I, I, I don't think so. I, I, I truly believe that people are looking right now, the winemakers are looking to do something different and interesting. Um, Two Shepherds, uh, White So was slap your mama good. Um, I have to say that I'm a big fan of here in Sassoon Valley of the white Pinot Noir, the Eclipse from uh, Tolinas. Um, and that's not because that's not just because they're you know I represent them. That is because it's freaking good wine. There's a white Cab Franc that's being made right now in Oregon that is, again, slap your mama good. It is just so good because you're getting that white wine with texture to it. And it's kind of a gateway drug. That's how I see it, is that these red, these traditional red wines that are being vinified in a white wine style are, are so interesting because they bring a unique spin on a, a traditional grape. And people are looking something unique okay i would agree i'm gonna agree with you amber i think it's a little bit of both um i think the people that are making it are actually passionate about making it and then on the second side of that they are looking to break into shelf space i mean when we look at what's eating into wine i mean wine is already the the section is decreasing rapidly so if you're gonna take up new space whether it's better for you, you need something that's going to stand out. Um, and let's face it, the world does not need another $30 shard or cap or $50 cap. It, it, it doesn't need it. Um, so it just brings something new to the market. This has to be done correctly. I agree. And I think that that's the big thing is people, you've got to find a niche that is yours that you can, you know, you can break through for people to recognize you. And I think that's why you're seeing the white cap France or the white Pinot Noir and things like that. But on that end, Amber, that white Pinot from Tolinas is incredible. I agree. I concur. It is incredible. But, um, yeah. Michael, you've had it, have you not? Yes, I have. Okay. Uh, have you had the white Pinot from Linus? I had one white Pinot in Oregon, not necessarily from that okay. producer. I, I will send you a bottle, sweetie. How about how about you, Susanna? Have you had uh, white Pinot? I have not. I've had white Nebbiolo, but I have not had white Pinot. Ooh. I feel like you guys are like, it's the California world. It's so not the world that I live in in terms of the wine world. It's very interesting to me. So, so I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna be in the New York and Italian market because that's yeah. where I live. <laughs> I'm not with the rest of the the group here with the, with the whites and the. But you know, the, I mean, but you're against all the great Shirazuolo rosatos that are out there. I mean, I think one of the big trends is darker rosé. I mean, all the Cherazuolo, rosato, you know, Chiaretto that's darker. I mean, there's so many great rosé wines from Italy or from Spain that are coming out that I feel sad that you're just kind of dissing because you've just decided that there are no really good rosé wines. But Michael, you're not welcome in New York. Tasting, Michael, you're not welcome there. Yeah. Sorry. You're welcome. You got it like up in your palate. Open Michael, that mind. I get it. So, that maybe you're not a 
the the Provence style rosé, right? The very light style. But there are so many different rosés. Like the the the, the Cote de Rhone has rosé that is full bodied. That is just you know what the villages are are. It's so full bodied and so full of spice and everything. So I I I, I get maybe not Provence style, but maybe. Venture out a little to. <laughs> so, so, so as as Lori knows, and I think Amber knows, you know, I, I taste between sixteen hundred and eighteen hundred wines a year, and I have tasted a lot of rosés. And if you in that cellar, that's the screen behind me, which is that's only part of the cellar. Um, I think in that entire cellar, there's two bottles of rosé. Add add. And one of those two is going down the drain from what we had last week. And that was, and that was promised to be a full body, excellent rosé. So I'm going to make it my mission to find a rosé that you like this year. Okay. Then I'm going to send you a lot of rosé. I will try any rosé. And, and the worst right. thing, last You're summer. On. We're on. Okay. We're on. But not this year. summer. But last summer. I got shipped every kind of rosé in a can from everybody. Yeah. And, and that just made it even worse. You, you those you have to be very can. careful with, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've had some stuff in the can which I could not believe someone would produce. Even though I love canned wines. I, I have nothing against canned, canned wines. But it's no, all the I stuff people put it's there. So, it's so much for whatever is out there. There is good stuff and there is plonk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever. No I have question. to say, yeah. I was yeah. very against wine and cans. I was kind of really just, I had a position mm. about that. I was very negative about no. it. And I have revisited that vision. Right. No, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, so wine and like, can is great. I, I had my first in 2014. This is, uh, the, the wine and can is, uh, it has a good wine and can is just good wine and can. Nothing, nothing is wrong okay. with it. Right. Yeah, I, I have to disagree with you, Anatoly, but we, we've had this conversation pri privately. You and I have had this conversation. Again, you told me you were drinking. I have only just barely, and again, I get all the samples that y'all get, and uh, I have just barely found a canned wine that I can actually say to people, I love this wine. This is actually worth drinking. And if you're going to spend money on canned wine, this is the canned wine to drink. But before so, that, I was like, God, please make it stop. Amber, uh, so I, I can't even say come on over because last time you tried, this was not a very successful trip. So I'll shut up. But um, but if you somehow will make it over here, I'll take you on Long Island and uh, I'll... I'll find the wine for you to try both from the bottle and from the can, which is just simple, delicious, All right. unpretentious, I, and everything in between. I'm serious. You know I, I, and I trust your palate. So if you're telling me, honestly, I will be open-minded about that. But I did find a canned wine, finally, that I like. And, in fact, we just, we just did a new sample of that tonight. And that is Maker's canned wine okay. and i have yet to find a dud in all of all of those wines beautiful 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 and where is it from co-brand all different winemakers it, it's a co-brand so private label right okay private label and they get all these great wine makers uh, uh, alice sutro is one of them 
Um, there's a whole bunch of rock star winemakers and they make one or two wines for this brand. And I have been so impressed tonight. We had a Zinfandel. I have no idea. It was all blind. So I have no idea who made it, but it was so gorgeous. Both David and I really loved it. And I think that's another thing that's going to be a trend is, is higher end canned wine. Oof. That, yeah. that is actually a problem. That face is fantastic. Yeah. So, okay, so I have two problems with that, okay? Uh, so problem number one, well, yeah, maybe Shop theoretically, life. maybe it can age. I don't know, right. because if it's really a serious wine, uh, well, but you age wine under screw top, so maybe it can and it can. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. No, the, li the liner won't hold up. Okay, so my second problem is that they put at least half a bottle in those cans, and sometimes it's more. So once I open that can, I'm done, okay? And, uh, for example, I had the, the sample of uh, Portuguese wines. Uh, uh, they were evolving for five days. And this is how I taste. I just spread it over a few days and uh, so those portuguese wines kept getting better and better over five days okay what the hell am i going to do with a can because in the normal bottle i can put in a cork and leave it aside okay the can i open it what's give, next give coravin some time coravin right that's coming out now is the sparkling coravin mm -hmm. Right, we've already and we use this. Just cap don't shake the bottle. <laughs> we, we use the screw cap coravin. Um, so is there such thing like screw top coravin? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I didn't know that. How the hell that works? So the way it works is you have your you have your screw cap wine. The most important thing is that you don't tip the wine or get oxygen into the wine. So you uncap the screw cap, and you immediately put on the Coravin screw cap. And then the Coravin screw cap has like this, I don't know how many layers are in there, but there's like a rubber up here and a rubber there, and I don't know how many layers are in between. It's self-sealing. The Coravin goes through the layers, and then you just, now you can pour it like a normal Coravin. But it's the, and then, and you, just then you have to on. keep it like that. You keep the screw cap, you keep the Corbin screw cap on. It Oy vey. It works amazing. It's a lifesaver for us. Okay. See? Give me a trend that she came up with that, that sounds reasonable, okay? All right, so the right, next so trend the next she, she, says she says is that the wine country to look out for is Portugal. Yep. Really? The thirst for discovery rolls on and Portugal is becoming the latest hot spot. Why did sales of this country's wine surge 35.1%? It's simple, quality price ratio. Right, of course. <laughs> but that's uh, that's been a trend for God knows yeah. how long. I mean, come on, really? But do you think people... I, th I think for people like us, not like the general market. Right, right. Uh, yeah, general market. Uh, okay, who who will go? Who, who who has the nice display? Okay, Suzanne, you you don't count. You live in New York. But, no, I was uh, going to say something yeah, different say, though. 
but, but, no, but anyone yet. go to the wine store and show me a nice display of the portuguese wine i think it's about also portugal is a hot country that everybody wants to visit now it's about mm -hmm. wine ah, travel yeah. and just travel in general sure. portugal is just off the charts in terms of portugal people is moving amazing. to portugal people wanting to go visit portugal so i think kind of that whole tourism trend is yeah mm -hmm. i have like really good friends who moved to portugal you know just like everybody else has portugal is amazing portugal. Portugal amazing is and amazing. i think everybody mass consumer also is discovering that so i think the wines are also kind of getting a lift from that. which is and which is sad but okay well sad for us but good for portugal because <laughs> It's sad. it's a personal sad because it right. means that the good wines will become very expensive and uh, it, they're difficult to find anyway and uh, because there is not that many of them coming in here but uh, and and also yeah if uh, Portugal becomes a fad then it means that prices will grow uh, there as well so you know but anyway. it just be our little secret anymore yeah exactly and I'm and I'm going to build on that. If you guys have been here in Napa, I know Nick um, is with me with this, is more and more people are making port-style wine. Those bigger, sweeter wines. And I think that that's becoming more and more of a trend. I'm seeing more people make it here in Napa, in California wineries in general. I'm seeing more and more port-style wines. And I think that that is going to also become a trend. Mm -hmm. Actually, port style meaning actually fortified wines, fortified. or just wines of seventeen no, percent alcohol. Fortified wines, cherries. Uh, uh, people are going to get to know Madeira a little bit better. I think that we're seeing more of a trend where people are understanding things like Auternes, not your regular wine that everybody reaches for. I think that people are getting a little bit more uh, back to the basics. Lori, for the next one, for, for the next riders write up, can you get people who live in like, I don't know, Nebraska, Kansas City? I mean, can, can you get people who will offer different perspective because the, 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 us on the two coasts, we just, come on. What Wait, we see uh, is not what people see. I am I mean, happy to have people in the Midwest come out. I send out that you guys see how many blind CCs when I send those emails, but it's always the East and West Coasters who join me. Yeah. This you know, uh, it's, it's interesting about port style wines and the just Portuguese wines in general because Sandeman actually a few years ago uh, at least three or four did a whole push of port cocktails um, and so they were they were pushing that to go into because you know port was kind of dying as a as a category so they wanted to revamp it with the younger generations um, by getting mixologists involved and coming up with cocktails using their uh, their port so Nick, Nicholas should, should just put it in a can and then add seltzer. Oh, no, 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 thank you. That's the next trend. Seltzer will be the new hard seltzer. Now, I, I, what is it? I've never even really? had wine seltzer. Decoy's already doing it. 
I think it's decoy. Did yeah. you try that? Come on, Nick. And now... No, I, 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 I tried did one. Did you try that? Was, that was... And one is enough for anybody. Were you able as, to as finish the really, really first said. Uh, please. One no, is enough for anybody. I, when I saw the I was getting my hair done. My my stylist no. gave it to me. I was like, okay. That's no, so funny. no, no. But when I when I tasted it and I looked at the producer, I was completely flabbergasted. Like yep. really? That was beyond it, horrible. No, nobody, please, nobody tried that. Explain to me the process of wine seltzer. Where, no idea. Where is? I think it's a mix. I think it's actually a mix. I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, no, I can Google it, but I have no idea. Yeah, I think it's basically like a wine base and then adding flavored filter water. It's not sparkling wine. It's not. It's definitely not sparkling. No. It's actually. A it's like a base. Yeah. 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 It's like a like you will pour a glass of red and you will add sparkling water into it. So, isn't I think old moms used to put the in there. ice cube, and there is nothing ice wrong with the ice cube. That's very different. I mean, depending if it's a hot day, this big Chardonnay is just too much, you know? But, but again, uh, I, I think we're getting into a, uh, uh, a period of time when people are looking for lower alcohol. They're looking for smaller servings, and so this is offering them something where they can feel, uh, we'll say, classy by drinking wine while still having something for the pool that they can not get drunk on. <laughs> that's a good, that, that's, that's good, yeah, barefoot, nice. Yeah. I'd take that gallon of money any day. <laughs> Me too. Let's be let's be real. Actually, I had their food sparkling, and it was not horrible. I had it at uh, I think at one of the wine bloggers conference, and it was not horrible. What about what about hybrids? Don't you think that's a trend? Hybrids? Do you think more people will be drinking hybrids and planting hybrids? Of course. Uh, and what, what do you I mean? really believe that that is going to be a big trend. Yes. Uh, mixing uh, unusual combinations of wines and hybrid wines are definitely coming forward. You know, mixtures that you've never heard of. One of my local wineries has a rosé that had like 10 different grapes in it. And it, it was phenomenal. It was really good. I thought, I thought Susanna, right. talking about grapes. Grapes. Me. I'm talking about hybrid grapes. Yeah, right. I'm talking about hybrid this, grapes. This, like this right. Right. I'm talking about the and rise so of the. Right. 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 Uh, talking about hybrids, American hybrids in France, and France was trying right. to outlaw them for a very long time, right. and they failed. Right. It's uh, and and those wines are uh, the riot there. So. Well, it's because of climate change, right? right. So, yeah. You yeah. know that's why yeah. so many people are yeah, planting hybrids. I think so. I think I think hybrids. that's a trait. And now a word from our sponsor. Josina Wines loves to give back. There are so many fur babies that deserve to find their forever home. We would love to be able to help as many as possible. 
If you are part of a nonprofit organization or know of a nonprofit organization that would like to hold a fundraiser, please contact us at contact at dracinawines.com or visit our website, dracinawines.com, to fill out the form. How does the fundraiser work? It is super simple and costs your group absolutely nothing. Together, we will choose a month that your group will be sponsored. During the month, you promote the fundraiser just like any other event you'd hold. At the end of the month, we will donate 20% of the sales to your organization. The donations will be made in the name of each individual who purchased the wine so that you know exactly who helped the animals. Our goal is to raise as much funds as we possibly can and to help as many animals as possible. So please help us help as many fur babies as we possibly can. Is going That's to a be trend. a German problem. You're not going to be able to pronounce three quarters of the hybrids. <laughs> True. And- that's, a, that's True. a big problem with with a lot of German, you know, the whole quality tiers and all True. that stuff. People can't pronounce it. They want to stick to Americans, <laughs> general population Americans. Want to stick with what they know. This is how people order wine. Yeah. Right. Yep, 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 yep. I think Michael's holding his head. Yeah, so I, I don't see Michael doing a hybrid. No, so with all these trends, I'm starting a new website called Stuck in the Mud and Happy. <laughs> but, yeah, know, I but did a, uh, I did an article about how they're using hybrids for climate change because they've realized that, you know, even though that we have the same kind of weather patterns here in California that they have in Italy, rather than we're far closer to that climate than we are to France, our UV index is completely different. And so that you need to have the right great varieties uh, to be there so that they will actually thrive. Other than that, like San Giovese dies on the, on the vine here in California, unless you use the right hybrid. Great. Well, yeah, again, I think you're going to have to make it well. You're probably going to have to use a fanciful name or name it something easy to pronounce. And then, too, I mean, we had to do it with rootstock because, again, um, you know, uh, French rootstock, you know, we the vanilla rootstock didn't take. So, well, it was killed. We killed it. Um, and so, basically, yeah, we adapt or die. Right. right. My, Michael will die in the mud. Darwin rules again. Yeah. Harry Carey, here I come. <laughs> right. But, I mean, this is this is interesting that people need to, well, I don't know. I think there are a few different trends here. Not trends, I don't know, but uh, directions. Because one direction is that um, you just don't use the name of the grape on your bottle you know this is um, or yeah i mean yeah it's like for example uh totally uh well it says petite syrah their library petite syrah actually has if i'm i don't remember the, the exact number i think it's almost 18 different grapes in it as like as a supplement because uh, i mean uh, in addition to it, it's because you're up for the majority otherwise they will not put it on the label but uh but but really there is 18 others uh, in there uh so i don't know uh, you 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 probably 
half ways out of it. Uh, but uh, yeah, people always ask, oh, what is it made out of? Right. Ah. <laughs> I agree. I don't know. I think they're going to do hybrids. You're going with the fanciful name. Yeah, you just use names. Well, I was just thinking about what people, let's say, in New York State who go to, you know, visit the Finger Lakes or visit Long Island or the Hudson Valley, a lot of the grapes that they are getting in these wines are hybrids. They may not know that it's a hybrid, but they are on, hybrids. Really? On Long Island? Oh, yeah. Yeah, on Long Island. Give me an example. The, in, no, I need an example. I Island. have not seen... Uh, Okay, last year obviously did not visit Long Island, but um, the year before I was there in a few wineries, I didn't see anything with hybrid. Have you seen Vidal Blanc at all out there? Oh, Vidal Blanc, this is more Hudson Valley. This is not Vidal on Long Island? Really? I've had Vidal on Long Island. I've had lots of Vidal from uh, the Finger Okay, lots yeah, Vidal. Lots. But Vidal okay. is a hybrid. I mean, okay, okay. It's an yeah. okay hybrid okay. like uh, Vignoles or Traminet or yep, you know, Chambersin. They don't do Chambersin are... on Long Island. I don't think so. No, I don't know. I can't Lakes. name a producer. More in the Finger Lakes. Okay, Finger Lakes, Hudson Valley is different, but Long Island is very um, up proper. Uh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure Chris I, Tracy does all of those things. He does I hear everything. Seltz, seltzer uh, area, New York. <laughs> the finger, the neck, the, the 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 two, the the upper and the lower neck are both are going to be seltzer areas. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just saying. You know, you were saying like we can need people from Nebraska. It's not even just people from Nebraska. Just a lot of people are drinking these kind of wines, like you know, in I Michigan, let's say. Michigan. I was going to say Michigan. Michigan, like the old yeah, Mission Peninsula, Michigan. right? Yep, Michigan. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Is that yeah? No, 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 no. All I meant is to understand what they see as a trend, because what we see, what what uh, Amber reports from Napa, is very different from. I would bet it's very different. Yes, they drink, uh, okay, they drink those, but this is what is locally made. They go to, they visit wineries, those are the wines they buy. So this is not like, uh, it's not like someone ripped out Cabernet Sauvignon and planted, uh, I don't know, Chambourcine instead, you know? It's not like it was like that. So it's... Um, well, so as I was getting, preparing for the Cab Franc, um, this year for April of 2022, I went through over a thousand websites of wineries and I did find a tremendous number of hybrid wines from Michigan, Illinois, uh, New York, uh, Virginia, um, Pennsylvania. 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 So, the, but there, but not so much out here in California where we don't allow seltzer to come in or rosé bubblies to come in. So, uh... Lori, what are the other trends? What else well, is there? Well, I just got a pop-up, and Google is something new, and they only do an hour, so I'm a little annoyed at that. Um, but so the last trend I want to talk about before I get booted off of Google um, is there are champagne robot sommeliers. Yeah. So there are robots, uh, Dom Perignon, and two M Group restaurants in London unleashed Bailey and Sage, which ferry bottles and glasses of bubbly to customers. 
and Hotel and Trio sends out sends Rosie, Rosie the Rose, which is, which is cracks me up. That's just that's the Jetsons. Just the Jetsons. Um, to deliver um, to service it. How awesome is that? Awesome so, is that? so, you want to be served by a robot? I read I about really robot bartenders. They, uh, yeah. the, 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 yeah, they there are robot bartenders. Yeah. So, the, yeah. this is they can mix like, it. I mean, hey, if she pours me a full glass, I don't care. That's <laughs> that's what I'm more worried about. I mean, it's it's kitschy. So you're going to see it in all the high-end restaurants, the high-end hotels, um, in all of the major markets, the Dallas's, the Houston's, the LA's, San Francisco's, uh, you know, Chicago's. But is it going to make it to Nebraska? Probably not. Yeah. I, you know, uh, it will. I mean, uh, I, I think it's a little too early to call that a trend. Yeah, I because this is... Something cool happening. Uh, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, this is cool. But, but you know, it yeah. makes me so happy that we all went to all these wine classes and went to wine school. Only that a robot is going to take over our jobs and recommend yeah. wine to people uh, nah. their palate. Uh, uh, you know, no, you. Everyone is different, and uh, no, no robot can figure out your palate. Exactly. And wine is about passion. Wine is about emotion. What robot? Come on. This is well, robot delivering. Really robot delivering the glass. This is this is fine. You, have, but, uh, you haven't met Rosie. You haven't met Rosie yet. I, just, I, I don't think Rosie's okay. going to be sexually harassed by Stand everybody in the CMS. But um, I, I see, I see a, a little marriage going on here with those two, Rosie and. Oi. Did George Jetson sexually harass Rosie the robot? Oh God, that's 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 going to be a next article. We're, we're going to. That's the way he's a master. Yeah, no, but but by the way, it, it, this is all interesting. But I think one of the real trends post pandemic is uh, getting away with uh, just a free, not, not free, but uh, uh, unplanned winery visits, and uh, j just really everything. This is what I see in Oregon. They almost all of them now. You can't just come in oh, that's unless you have an appointment. Unless you have an appointment, you cannot come in from the street. You have to have an appointment, and then you get very different uh, experience. Uh, you get more of a personal service, and and so on and so on. I've seen. I've been at the winery where uh, people were just sent away. Uh, they just walked in and uh, sorry, do you, you don't have an appointment. Sorry. Make one come another day. So I think this is a big post-COVID trend. This is um, this is gonna be. I don't know how Napa will live with this, but uh, probably so, they. Will. Pretty much everybody. Everybody. Yeah, everybody's pretty much gone. I mean, some people can do walk-ins, but for the most part, it makes the reservation. Um, yeah. I think another trend that will stay is alcohol to go for yeah. restaurants. Agreed. Because some people, the on-premise died during COVID. It started to come back. But as we start shutting down again, knock on wood, it's going to get better. That alcohol to go was a way to stay alive. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am very upset to say this, but Google is going to boot me off in five minutes. Damn them. Um, so I'm going to give you guys one uh, a minute apiece to kind of tell us a little wrap-up about yourselves and uh, what trend you wish or hope stays with us. 
Uh, we'll go backwards. Anatoly. I'm not ready. I don't know what uh, what I, I don't know what trend I want to start. Hey, hey. Well, just tell we'll just tell people tell how people they can find you. Sure, of course. Uh, so it's um, again I'm Anatoly Levine. Uh, blog is named uh, Tokavino, so it's uh, talk. You, you can just talk a talk a vino either all together or talk dash a dash vino dot com. Very easy to find. Awesome. Amber. Hi, so you can reach me at uh, Wine Travel Eats, and I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and pretty much everything. Um, and I would like to I, I, I would like to see more pushing the boat with different types of blends being more unique with the varieties in the, in the bottles of wine that I'm tasting. That's what I would like to see stay. Awesome. Michael. Um, so first, I, I really don't want any of these trends. Um, I, I think I think I'm a throwback, and 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 not because of what I like, but I know you know, and 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 Suzanne Susanna going to Italy on two three week excursions that I've done. And going to Barbaresco and uh, and having the Liolos and Nero Diavolas and you name it, um, Barolos. I, I like to have wines that have a place in history and a a presence that there is a known entity for a period of time. And when the these things, I think these trends that she came across or think these these are trends. These are just very little blips on the on the Richter scale, and when we get done with this over time, they're never going to. Nobody's going to remember seltzer and and pink bubbly. And I know that Susanna, I know that, but there's things that are not. Some of these trends that she enumerated are not going to be ever ever thought about again. So that's. I, I threw the gauntlet down. I threw the glove down. <laughs> the Wine Palm Guy, W-I-N-E-C-O-M-M-G-U-Y on all the social channels. Uh, if you're ever coming to Napa, Sonoma, Sassoon, give me a ring and I can uh, give you my favorite uh, destinations. And Michael, when am I going to be asked to judge your uh, Capron competition? <clears throat> well, I've, I've got, I got my first backup here with Amber. And so... Uh, but I will. Uh, I can put you into the mix if we get uh, as many as I hope we get this year. Awesome. Perfect. That would be hey, great. Writing your name down, Nicholas. And Susanna. <laughs> so you can find me at avinare.com or vignettecommunications.com. My uh, hope trend that will continue is everybody being interested in indigenous varieties from various countries, specifically from Italy, and. Um, and attention to sustainability and you can find my podcast about sustainability the vignetta podcast those are my awesome. two trends awesome great 
Well, I want to thank you all for joining me and talking about these uh, sort of kind of trends and whether or not they're going to go. And I love that everybody has such a vivid and lively opinions of these trends. And I look forward to seeing you all uh, on the camera again and hopefully in, the, in real life soon. So thank you very much for joining. Have a wonderful Tuesday. And I'm drinking water, but I will say it anyway. Slancha. Yeah, slancha. Slancha. Thank you all. This was a lot of fun. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Cheers, guys. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. This has been another episode of Exploring the Wine Glass. Thanks for listening. If you have suggestions on what topics you would like me to discuss, please reach out on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Exploring the Wine Glass. I am also on LinkedIn as Lori Hoytbud. Of course, you can always email me at exploringthewineglass at gmail.com. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to help others find me more easily. And most importantly, tell your wine-loving friends, because if you like the podcast, they will too. Music is Wine by Kevens. Until next week, slancha. Irish coffee, banana, 